We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. Well, I was gone for the past week, so I didn't get to dive quite into the news as much. But don't worry, the little bit I did see was awful. And that's what we're going to talk about. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer. This is my lovely wife, Nikki. Hello. And before we dive into this episode, is there anything you would like to say? I'm just glad you're back home. (laughs) I am also glad to be back home. I did have a good time. I was out uh, in the field, if you will, and got to shoot a whole bunch of guns and pretend I was a real man for a little while. It was, it was pretty good. I'm actually a pretty good shot. Um, I could be better with a rifle, but for the handgun, I can, I'm pretty good. So that was fun. I got, to, I've done this course before, like a shortened version of it. And it was a blast then. And we got to come out and do it again for a little extended amount of time. Just, you know, going and shooting with a bunch of old it's kind of funny, these guys that we go with, they're like old, broke down, like special forces dudes from the army. And, you know, they're all just gray hair, fat old men now. But, you know, like in their prime, they'd probably wipe the floor with all of us. So pretty funny. We give them a hard time and they're pretty, it's more of like a gentleman's field course. So they're not super hard on us, but uh, it's I pretty fun. sound that bad with the video. That you yeah. shared with me and the kids. I took a video because I, like, I was like, ah, oh, you know. tough as they're going to be. <laughs> I was like, one of, you know, one of my sons is kind of into like <clears throat> the military thing and, you know, running around his little ghillie suit and stuff. And <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll take a video just to show them what I was actually doing out here. Because I always tell them, you know, oh, I was just out in the field, not doing much. And I was like, take a video. So I had a, a guy that was out there with me film me. And obviously I'm running through it, not really paying attention. And then I bring it back and. I'm like, yeah, I watched this video with the volume on and the whole time they're like just heckling me and, you know, telling me every God awful thing they could think. I was like, I didn't, because I didn't expect it to pick that up. So, um, but it was all in fun. (laughs) So it was a good time, but I'm happy to be back sleeping on some cots. It was pretty funny because we're all like relatively older fellas now, you know, that are there. There's not a lot of new, you know, airmen there. So it's funny. (laughs) We'd wake up at, 5 30 in the morning or whatever it is and all you would hear is just like oh and people would be like oh my back <laughs> they're like sleeping on cots and just miserable and you know people were getting rained on because we're outside and it's just pretty funny to hear just a bunch of like broke down old men just <laughs> pretending to play army for a little while uh it was pretty funny but happy to be back and we've got some good stories to talk with you guys about. Um, I was just thinking as we were getting going through the opening, we always do like, welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm Spencer. This is Nikki. And after episode 100, we will no longer do that. That's my line in the sand. You'll either know us by then. I feel like 100 episodes in, I should probably, I don't need to introduce myself anymore. Oh, quit. So you're just going to have to know. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, so we got some good news stories. Obviously, I feel like the big story of the week for the past 
hundred weeks is <laughs> always almost I don't know a hundred weeks, but six months or so. It's the vaccine, right? Um, the big story of the week. There's and, always going to be a story every week. Yeah, and I didn't feel like there was really one story that like stood out. You know, like Gabby Petito or whatever. A couple of weeks oh, ago, it's sort over of already. Stood out. People have moved on. Yeah, I don't feel like there was a story <laughs> like that this week though. There was a lot of stories, but nothing that seemed to captivate. So the one that I saw that really um, stood out to me, and if you want to go through this first article, honey, and read the headline in these first couple paragraphs. Yep, COVID-19, unvaccinated woman denied kidney transplant in U.S. It reads, the woman in Colorado has been placed as inactive on the transplant waiting list. Uh, due to the fact that she has not had the coronavirus vaccine, according to a document shared online. Yep. Hmm. Just want to read this last little one here. A woman in Colorado has been refused a kidney transplant because she has not had a COVID-19 um, vaccine. I thought it was something different. That is not. Anyway, so, <laughs> yeah, this story comes from Colorado, from the UC Health, which I think is the University of Colorado Health system like their medical clinic and yeah the story basically tells of a woman who is in stage five um, renal failure like kidney failure is that the last stage it is the last stage so um she's in the last stages of kidney failure um got a a hit for a kidney transplant and then as you know she was preparing for this kidney transplant um it says right here uh, her name was Lilani Latula or Lutali. Um, shared with the U.S. media, she received this letter, which stated she would be removed from the transplant plant list unless she begins the vaccine process within 30 days. And I was like, "Man, what a!" I mean, I don't like tossing around the word evil. It's evil. I was gonna say that's wicked. That's like it this is. woman's already in her last stages of i mean at least normal life i guess i don't know if you can just be on a dialysis machine dialysis machine for the rest of your life um but that's not really living <laughs> to your fullest once you're in stage five she's probably been on dialysis a while i would imagine so i mean from what i read and just briefly and i don't know a lot about renal failure but you don't got a long life expectancy anymore um so here's this lady with sort of a last ditch effort to save her life and they're like Better get the vaccine. Can you file a lawsuit against them for that? Like, there's got to be, like, if she dies and they could have and they got the letter. Yeah, um, it says down here in the article, if I can scroll down and find it. Because her donor's, like, ready. Yeah, and the donor. Yeah, the donor has to get the vaccine as yeah. well. And both of them declined to get it uh, for religious reasons. And it says... In almost all situations, transplant recipients and living donors at UC Health are now required to be vaccinated against COVID-19 in addition to meeting other health requirements and receiving additional vaccinations. What's the other health requirements? I mean, I don't know, <laughs> but I just thought, man, what a wicked thing to do to somebody like you have them backed up against a, a wall, basically, you know, hey, either get this vaccine that you're spiritually and morally opposed to or else we're just going to let you die. Well, even you shouldn't have to get the vaccine if you have 
a condition like that, you should be medically exempt. Well, and their logic for this is once you get a transplant, you know, you're more likely to all these, you know, infections and different things. So in order to do that, or in order to help you, we have to give you this vaccine. But what's so stupid about it is the vaccine doesn't help. It doesn't help you from getting COVID. It doesn't help you from transmitting COVID. It lessens your symptoms for a short amount of time. It's not like you're getting the polio vaccine so, and you're no longer going to get polio. Like it's not, it's not a vaccine of that sort. So the idea that you're being forced to get something that really isn't going to protect you for any amount of time, all it's going to do is make you morally capitulate to what these doctors are strong arming you into is wicked in my opinion. And I took down um, the president's name here, the president of, oh, I, oh we had it up here. Um, Anyways, the president of UC Health is Christopher Gessner, and um, I will have his phone number for their, like, uh, uh, sort of the University of Colorado Hospital, their reception desk, and I'll have the email down there as well. If you guys feel the urge to let them know that uh, what they're doing to this woman and all these recipients, because I'm sure it's yeah, not just it's her, not. Um, no is way. evil and wicked. Um, Christopher Gessner apparently thinks, you know, getting vaccinated with COVID-19 is more important than getting new kidneys into a dying woman. Um, like she's more likely to die that. It's so... I don't know. It's like, so insane the way that this world is just cornering people in. And if I don't... What's funny is we look, you know, on our stupid social media and... Like, people are still, like, trying to make the argument, like, well, they're not giving you the shot in your right hand. Like, if you can't see the parallels to what may potentially be a mark of the beast eventually someday, I feel like you're just blind or ignorant. Um, the idea, like, you literally, you can't even live anymore unless you get this shot, according to Christopher Gessner in the University of Colorado Health uh, or Hospital. What if it was, like, an emergency, someone just was rushed into the emergency room and needed surgery, like they're bleeding out, are they not going to help them? If they, how do you know if they've been vaccinated? What if it's somebody who doesn't have their ID on them? Like, what are they going to do for them? Well, I'm sure, I mean, if they're an illegal immigrant, they'd probably help them, right? They'd give them some free medical care and send them on their way. Um, I don't know what they would do in that. I guess that'd be interesting to know sort of how ERs handle this, but... Right. Um, it's just really, I think, wicked to do this to people. Yes. Like when they're already that desperate, you know. But and God bless this woman. Mm. Um, she said no. She was like, "Yeah, I'm spiritually opposed to getting that vaccine," and I applaud her for that. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about it on this show before. I don't know. I can't find in the hospital or in the Bible where it says to cling on to your life with everything you have. Um, and go against your own conscience. So I applaud her. I hope she stands for this. Mm -hmm. um, I hope God does a miracle for her. She'll be up on our Discord. Please come jump on the Discord. Pray for this woman that God does a work in her. I hope um, they keep up on this because I want to hear what comes of it, really. If oh, I'm sure you want to hear of it. I mean, I don't know. It's just people like this, uh, to me, this is... Evil is the only word that really comes to my mind. 
you know, it's one thing when you're talking about like, ah, well, we're forcing people, you know, they can't be nurses anymore. They can't work here. But like, you're literally telling a woman she can't live anymore, like unless she gets this vaccine that isn't going to help her anyways. Um, it, and it just stuck out to me so much because I just had to go and talk to a doctor about the COVID vaccine. You know, they had to give us a little spiel on it. And even the doctor there was so disinterested in like even talking about it, which thank God, because I did not want to have a conversation about it. It was like, Hey, here's what I'm supposed to tell you. Um, have a nice day. And I'm like, it's, it, I don't know. It's just, it's a wicked, um, can't think of the word basically a wicked mandate pushed out by a wicked government. Um, and it's a shameful how many people are just falling in lockstep. And mm -hmm. Christopher Gessner um, seems to uh, have no problem with that. And um, yeah, I don't know, I guess in his mind, you know, complying with a, a wicked mandate from an antichrist government is more important than saving lives um, of those in his care yeah, so what happened to that oath yeah and i just wrote down here like christopher gessner and the rest of the uc health board and leadership team will tell you basically what medical treatment you need um, you don't get to decide um, basically you'll fall in line or you'll die waiting um, and i was just like <laughs> it's insane like she basically has a one percent chance essentially of dying from covid uh, but I mean, her odds of dying from renal failure are, you know, through the roof. And it was funny because when I went through this uh, little doctor spiel, they were telling us like the adverse side effects of, or the, uh, the side effects, not side effects, I guess, but the effects of not getting the COVID vaccine were death. And then they went on like COVID <laughs> vaccine is safe and effective. And I was like, isn't the side effect of living death? Like that's the side effect of everything. So I, that's not a strong argument to me. And oh my gosh, it's just, man, it's, uh, it's just mm. so wicked to hold somebody hostage until they bend to your will. Um, so shame on Christopher Gessner, shame on the Colorado hospital, on um, the university of Colorado hospital. Like I said, those phone number, the phone number and email will be in the show notes. Um, you know, I, if you guys do decide to call, I would encourage you to, but please be respectful and godly. Don't delve down to their evil level. I'm sure the receptionist is probably not um, quite as malevolent uh, yeah. as Christopher Gessner, but you, you never could know. leave a message for him, I'm sure. Can I leave a message with? Yeah. Uh, he may be on, I don't know, Twitter or Facebook. Who knows? Go look him up. Christopher Gessner. But the next story that we have here, and this... The next couple stories were kind of just like pop culture um, and just more of, I think, again, things to be leery of and kind of just the way I think our culture is going. Um, yeah. So the second one here comes from, I got it, I think the LA Times and then like, um, you want to read this first mm -hmm. headline, honey? Yeah, it says the most popular shows on Netflix right now besides Seinfeld. For the second week in a row, Squid Game is the most popular show on Netflix, according to the streaming services public ranking system. 
Yeah, so I don't know if you guys have seen the show Squid Game. We don't have Netflix anymore, so we have not seen it. But I wanted to talk about this ever since I started seeing it because... Have you heard of Squid Game before this? I think the ladies in the salon last week were talking about it. Because then when you brought it up to me, I was like, they were talking about some game, and I think that was it. But they were pretty excited about it, but I wasn't really like trying to listen to what it was about, but... Well, do you want to read this little description that they give here from the L.A. Times? Mm-hmm. Okay, it says one. No, right. Not, what one? Yes. Oh, okay. yeah, I'm sorry. You're more <laughs> right than I am. That's what you already said. <laughs> All right. It says one not very fine day. He is approached by a well-dressed man on a subway platform who engages him in a game of chance. If he wins, he gets money. If he loses, he gets slapped and leaves him with a card, which leads to an invitation to participate in a more serious competition. After something like the opening of The Prisoner, he finds himself in a remote, unknown location in a giant dormitory along with 455 other poor suckers who have also agreed to participate in six games, children's games with... It soon transpires a bloody twist of which the, what is that Titular, I think. Okay. (laughs) The squid game is one. Whoever's left standing when the fun is done takes home a giant pot of money. Yeah. So like I said, we've never Hmm. seen squid game, but yeah, it sounds like, you know, this TV show, they, uh, you know, go through a series of kids games, but if you lose, you die. And then the one winner, um, you know, takes home a pot of money or whatever. And Hmm. I just, you know, I feel like these shows say a lot about who we are as a society. Um, And obviously this isn't the first time we've seen something like this, right? Hunger Games was a huge hit. But I just feel like as we get more wicked, like I I feel like you could come out with a, a new Colosseum, a Roman Colosseum, and just put people in there to fight to death, and people would watch people and cheer. People would watch it. Yes, they would. People like, well, they like reality shows. They like. Like, if I you could just know. put the unvaxxed in there with oh some lions. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm sure people would be uh, watching. <gasps> they would. I just think, you know, we as Christians, you can't watch stuff like this. Um, you know, this is partly why we got rid of Netflix. Uh, we got, we don't really have, I mean, we have Amazon just through Prime. Um, but even to find shows on there is very difficult. And, you know, it's easy. We fell into this trap for a lot of years, right? We would just sort of watch what was popular and we'd kind mm-hmm. of be like, oh, well, we'll fast forward through the bad stuff or, right. you know, but it's all bad. You know, it's all worldly and we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. Like, we should be standing out. We should be weird. You know, yeah. you should be sitting in a group of people when they're talking about this show and that show. And you should be like, I don't about any of that stuff. I don't watch any of it because it's exactly. all godless. It's all garbage. And you got to sit back and think like, what does the world do for entertainment? I think, okay, do I do that? But like you said, I watch the same show, but I fast forward through the, you know, inappropriate parts. Like, yeah, like I've heard people you know, tell me to go and watch Game of Thrones. And they're like, oh, it's really about, you know, power and what the human being will like do for power. And you're like, yeah, I'm okay. You know, I'm not gonna. It's not that good that you need to. I know that it's 
it might be about that, but there's a lot of, but even if it was just about that, yeah, humans are power hungry. Like we were talking about, you know, with the Will Smith thing, like, why do we need to focus on that? We know they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think, you know, seeing stuff like this as the world and our country gets more and more godless, like, I don't feel like this is going to be fiction for too much longer. Um, I could very easily see, you know, what is it? Uh, Blade Runner or whatever. Was that Blade Runner? I didn't see back that. Back in the day where they, you know, I think it was like Harrison Ford. Maybe it was Arnold. I can't remember. There was an old movie where, yeah, they would like mm-hmm. go through a game show, but they would like kill them in the game. And, you know, here's Squid, uh, Squid Games, The Hunger Games. I was like, well, I could certainly see People pay to see like dog fights. I know those are dogs, but I think that is evil. Just to see yeah, and I dogs guess, like, kill where each do you other, draw the like, line, right? Like we watch UFC as a country, and is that the same? Because I mean, they're bloody and beating each other yeah. up. Yeah, is that the? I don't think it's the same because it's two people kind of knowing what they're getting into. It's they're a, both doing it for money, but I don't know. But they know that there's safety protocols in place, but. I don't know. You know, I mean, I guess it's not necessarily <laughs> godly to go and beat someone else up for sure. But I just feel like, you know, you start seeing stuff like this and the huge popularity that this stuff has. And again, it's probably nothing new. You know, like I said, these shows have been around for a while. But I just think it says a lot about us as a culture when, you know, we find stuff like this so fascinating. Um, yeah. You know, I feel like maybe back in the 1940s, you know, this might not be such a draw. You know, back when we were a little more religious of a culture, but I think today, and I think it could even get worse and, you know, people would have no problem with it. Oh, definitely. I, I know people would watch it. Definitely. So, oh, and I kind of, I wanted to start the show with this, but we're going to talk about these articles and then probably just light them all on fire at the end of the show with our final topic. Um, but we'll. (laughs) we'll go through the motions with them as we can. So um, just stick with us. But the final or not the final, the the next story that we have here, and this seems like a weird topic to talk about on a Christian show, but it goes into the culture lane again. And I'm not going to put the. um, Yeah, I'm not going to put the article up here, but if you want to just read this headline, honey. Yeah, it's Playboy, and it reads, it's like the melding of sexuality. Oh, no, right here, sorry. This one. Oh, Bretman Rock becomes Playboy's first gay male cover star. Yep, so Playboy um, decided to put a male, a gay male, who's apparently like an Instagram star, on the cover of their magazine, all dressed up like a bunny. and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, just what it says about our culture. Um, like I know that Playboy and like natural sexual immorality is sinful. Obviously, you know, we're not trying to say that Playboy used to not be sinful. Of course they were. Um, mm-hmm. but it just somehow this seems more evil and more nefarious to me. Um, because I said it's kind of like the nation as a whole but like they're washing us in this haze of confusion you know everywhere you look 
And we're just, you know, we're focusing on sexuality here with Playboy. Um, but, you know, like Playboy historically, you know, and it's certainly not right. It's definitely wrong. But that's kind of been a place, you know, historically or what you would know about it. That's where like young boys would go to kind of feed their little like lust demons as they were growing. But at mm -hmm. least, and I don't say at least, but like it was in the natural order of things. Boys lusting after yeah. women. Um, which is still obviously sinful, but it's that more natural sexual desire. Yeah. Um, but it's now, not that, like you can just have, like, it's already a sin to be looking at this, but it's not enough. We yeah, got to so, make it worse. And we know homosexuality is a worse sin or else why, why stop there? Why push it further? Why push it to this? Yeah. Like to me, this is like a whole new level of perversion. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's nothing new under the sun, but. No, but like, and again, apparently Playboy has had um, a transgendered cover model on here in the past. I don't know if it was man to woman or woman to man. I don't remember. Um, but like, so Playboy is kind of, like I said, this place where young boys, you know, have kind of, because obviously adults, as they've gone into pornography, have obviously most of them that are in pornography left the Playboy days far behind them, and they're into much more uh, graphic and disgusting things than what Playboy offers. Playboy is still sort of, I would imagine, where kids that are just finding out about this stuff. So, like, while our children are at their most vulnerable, still trying to figure out their sexuality and all these sorts of things, um, they're sort of adding in this new level of perversion, like, Hey, like you're unsure, you're just figuring out desire. Well, here's a guy who's sort of dressed up like a girl, you know, isn't he pretty, you know? And like, <laughs> it's just twisting them when they're super vulnerable. And again, sinful either way, but this to me seems worse. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. It just, that destruction of a nation. Um, and maybe it was always destined to get to this, but I don't know. It just seems even more wicked to have something like this come at a place where, you know, kids are already vulnerable and already dipping their toe into sin to sort of just drag them even further yeah. down that path. It is further. It really is. It's something that's harder to confess because you might, you know, other guys might be confessing just, you know, looking at women, but then it's like, oh, no, I went further than that. And that's, well, and the thing More is, is they're specifically simple. trying to get straight men. Yeah, exactly. Because there yeah. was already gay magazines. Like, right. There's gay pornography out it. there. So if you wanted to put a gay man in pornography for, for gay men, you would go to those places. Yeah. But you're specifically putting him in a supposedly straight male, um, you know, magazine to entice Look, these Look, it's a people. temptation that these men think they won't fall into. But it's like the more it's in your face and you think you got a hold on your own temptation, you're going to give in. The more it's there, the more you're tempted. They will give in. I believe it. Oh, I mean, they will. And we talked about this, uh, man, months ago, maybe now. But the lady who did that talk on um, the transgenderism and the LGBTQ and how it was taken over. And her point, her big point in there was that it was socially conditioned. Yeah. Um, it was a social contagion, basically, more so than like a nature versus yeah. nurture type talk. Basically, yes. that 
And that's what this to me is fortifying here. They're conditioning and training mm-hmm. a group of young men or boys essentially to go down this path yep. of homosexuality um, who may not ne- otherwise never go there. Like mm-hmm. this is that social contagion sort of taking root right here. And um, I don't know, I just, uh, they had a verse on there that I thought was kind of fitting. Um, where, where I looked it up. It wasn't on the Playboy article, I was obviously. Say, um, um, <laughs> but it said uh, it was Romans 1, 22. It said, claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Um, and we have certainly been given up to the lust of our hearts, to impurity. Yeah. Um, we certainly dishonor our bodies. And what's mm. crazy is we honor those who dishonor their bodies the most. Yeah. You know, t- talking about the transgendered and the LGBTQ. People are and, praised for that. Like, you're so brave. <laughs> and what, what got me uh, on this, I'd heard this story before we really even looking into it. And, um, I thought it was a black man that was on the cover. Um, it turns out I think he's a Filipino, but still a minority, a colored person. And um, they're almost like lumping all these people together into one. You know, like the LGBT, I feel like the LGBTQ community is sort of, um, I don't know, they're, they're the leader of the destruction in this nation right now, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And they're just sort of clinging on to all these other, you know, like they've sort of tried to make the black issue in this country like a gay LGBTQ issue as well. Um, they cling to that. If you, you know, we've talked to you guys about listening to Jason Whitlock before. Go listen to him as a black man talk about um, his thoughts about how the LGBTQ community is clinging to, you know, black and race issues and trying to just piggyback on mm-hmm. that, which. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sinful, it's shameful, um, it's impure, it's dishonoring. Uh, so it says, for this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, you know, for the women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. Men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed. Mm. Um, you know, and then it says down here, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetous, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossip, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil. Um, Sounds like Dr. Fauci and the vaccine crowd. Disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decrees that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Mm. Um, And we're going to touch more on uh, the biblical aspect of this here at the end. That's just scary, though. Like, just thinking like these people who want to live their lives for themselves in any sin. And they say, you know, maybe they hear the gospel and they're like, oh, it's not the right time. I'm going to spend my time. Um, you know, doing what I want to do first and I'll, I'll call on God later in life. 
You might not. God will give you over to your evil desires to, to all this. Like, do you really want to take the chance and have fun in the world thinking you were going to call on God later? You won't because he's going to give you over to a debased mind. And then there's no chance for you. Like these people aren't going to be saved. Once he gives you over to that, it's like hardening Pharaoh's heart. Like uh, Pharaoh hardened his own heart. He continued to harden his heart, but then God sealed the deal. That's what you want. Okay. It's hardened forever now. Yeah. I mean, because once you give yourself over to that debased mind and these things, we see the way people, their identity changes. They're no longer somebody who does sin. They become that sin. It becomes who they are. It's their identity. And there's no room for God in there anymore um, because Mm -hmm. God conflicts with your identity now. And Mm -hmm. we've seen that people are just willing to throw their faith and their religion and their tradition and all that aside, just so they don't have to confront this identity that they, you know, this sinful identity that they've taken, you know, or that's taken root in them. And um, yeah, you're not going to turn back. And that's why we need to be you know, we've talked about being helicopter parents with your children. You need to be on them about these things. Yeah. Um, and again, that's the reason why we talk about them, not because we care in any way about what Playboy is doing, other than it's an influencing factor in our culture. And if you're not there watching your kids and talking to them about these things, somebody else is going to be there. You know, they're mm-hmm. godless friends or the godless kids in school or I mean, we've seen the way teachers are and how godless and anti-Christ they can be. And just one kid can have such a huge influence on your children. Yeah. I mean, definitely you have kids, you notice it happening. I mean, in your kids. And not can just have kids, but I mean, good or bad influence how too. many kids that grow up in a godly household leave for college and are influenced by these atheist professors and they walk away from the faith, whatever happens to be like, you got to watch them and, you know, you can't obviously hold their hand their entire life, but you got to do everything you can to lay that solid foundation. Um, you don't have many years to do that, really. Yeah. And, you know, our country, again, I don't know that we come back from this ledge, um, at least not anytime soon. You know, we've talked about it before. I think we're going to have some rocky roads ahead. And I got Isaiah 116 here. And he says, Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, offspring of evildoers, children who deal corruptly. They have forsaken the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They are utterly estranged. Why will you still be struck down? Why will you continue to rebel? The whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint. From the sole of the foot, even to the head, there is no soundness in it but bruises and sores and raw wounds. They are not pressed out or bound up or softened with oil. Your country lies desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. In your very presence, foreigners devour your land. It is desolate as overthrown by foreigners. I was like, talking about Israel or you talking about America? Um, Because, I mean, we are... um, sick from the foot to the head in this country. Um, and these are just touching the outskirts of the sickness that's in our country. So, uh, that's, I think, yeah, I don't know if we talked about this before, but you know, the Bible tells us to be in the world, but not of the world. And I think a lot of times we get 
in our head that like, well, we need to be out there, right? We need to be with them, sharing the gospel and doing all these things. What they're doing. Man, I don't know. I think now is becoming a time where we need to sort of close the ranks, you know, in the military terms, like closing the ranks, like you're getting, you're pulling back from the lines, you're gathering your strength sort of in a confined, you know, you're closing in around each other, protecting each other. Yeah. And I think that's moving into the time that we're in this nation or where we're moving into in this nation, where maybe in the past you could be out in the world and in your workspaces and with these people who may not necessarily be godly, but we're moving into a place where the world is not just not godly, but they're like openly anti Christ. They're satanic. I mean, think um, if you were Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah and you're like, all right, guys, we're going to go out at night with our family and we're going to preach God to all these people. No, they're going to overtake you and drag you away and have their way with you. And that's what I feel like it's becoming. Like it's hard to get close with unbelievers to like be friends with them sometimes because you can't just go up and just start preaching the gospel. It's just weird. It's awkward. They're going to be like, what are you talking about? You don't know me. And and then most of them don't even believe in God to begin with. So just starting the conversation, even getting into the gospel is difficult because you have to go through so many other layers first. And, and then it's just dangerous because you don't know, like, how close, how long do I hang out with this person? And, you know, they get comfortable with me so that when I do preach the gospel, they trust me. They know I care about them. So they'll listen. I don't know. I am really unsure how to reach people it's definitely hard to figure out like i feel like you know again we've talked about the numbers we hear before you know i think it was a few episodes ago we talked about maybe six percent i felt like that number was right the people that have a biblical worldview that i would consider real christian six percent so it's almost like if you're a christian like we are all individually in our own sodom and gomorrahs Mm-hmm. Because everyone around us is godless, given over to depravity in almost every way. Um, so, like, we're all on these little islands of Sodom and Gomorrah. So, like, yeah, do you step out? Obviously, we preach the gospel when we can, but it's kind of hard to figure out when and where that place is. You know, you know, me and Nikki talked about it today. In you know, the biblical times, the, you know, the apostles and them, they came from religious cultures. People didn't necessarily believe in Christ or even in the God of the Old Testament, right? In God the Father, but they believed in God. They were spiritual people. They didn't believe they were created by a big bang. Like even they pagan didn't believe in evolution. Them, yeah, you know, they knew there was a creator. Yeah, so you had a witness or something yeah. to breach. But now if we're going to talk to a lot of these people... And you're talking to them about God, and they're like, they have no clue. Like, they might know what the Bible is, and they'll mock about it. But as far as having an actual religious worldview, they don't have it. So you're trying, you not only have to preach the gospel, but you have to preach, essentially, creationism. Yeah. You have to tell them, they're like, no, okay, so let's start from the ground zero. Like, you were, God is all, you know, eternal, and we were created. And, like... It's like they have to go through a course. I don't know. I don't know how you can just simply preach the gospel. Hey, my, you know, they used to, when the Jews, you know, the Jews were saved first, then the gospel went to the Gentiles. Like the Gentiles knew about the Jews' God. 
And then the good news was that, oh, he died for you too, the Gentiles. We don't preach the gospel like that. That's not good news. That's not, it's not the same good news today. Yeah, because their good news was like, there's freedom in Christ. You know, you have all these gods and rules and they're like, there's one God and there's freedom in Christ. And like, let me tell you about it. They're like, yeah, that is good news. But for us now, we're like, no, he says you have to follow one rule. And they're like, follow one rule. Oh, screw that. I'll do whatever I want. And like, okay, well, it's a different world. So if you guys have experience preaching the gospel, this is something we'd like to hear from you on. How do you do it? How do you know to do it? I mean, we try it in our own lives as we can. I mean, admittedly, we're not the best gospel preachers on the planet. Um, but again, it seems odd. It seems difficult because you're not just, you know, you're not just talking yeah. to someone who might be a, a Catholic and you're trying to be like, well, you know, maybe look at it from this different angle of, you know. Because they at least believe in God. Yeah. They just don't understand the gospel like it the truth of the gospel, I guess. I guess that would be and maybe the place to start. You know, we've talked about the American mission field here before. Yeah. And it's in your church. Mm-hmm. That's the mission field, you know, because there's a lot of people that go to church that I would say aren't Christian. I mean, all the numbers bear it out. They're not Christian in their beliefs. So that might be the mission field. You know, again, yeah. you're not necessarily wasting, and it sounds negative to say wasting your time, but you're not focused on people outside of the church who have, no idea, no clue about God at all, or they just have sheer hatred towards him. Maybe you're focusing yeah. your energy inside the church where these people that are like, oh, I go to church on Sunday, but I'm pro-abortion. I'm gay with my boyfriend. We live at together. At least it wouldn't be weird to talk about God and the gospel with the people who already might think they're saved, but you, you, know, you don't see fruit. You see the wrong kind of fruit. Yeah. So... We'd be interested if you guys have ideas or things that you've done in the past that have worked. We'd love to hear from you guys on those. But a little more lighthearted topic here. I've been a little culture heavy here. This one, do you want to read this headline, honey? I'll say this one kind of ties in with the other one because it's all, you know, creation, anti-creation, I think. Of course. (laughs) Yes, so the title says, Planet Nine Location, Orbit, Distance, Name, and Black Hole Theory for the Mysterious Solar System Object. Yeah, and then the little subheading says, Astronomers are hot on the hunt for a giant planet in our outer solar system, if it actually exists, that is. And this isn't necessarily a new story. Um, You know, Planet Nine, Planet X, whatever you want to call it, has sort of been a story for a long time. But for some reason, it has been popping up on my news feeds like crazy this week. I've probably seen three or four stories about it. I was like, what is it doing? Planet Nine getting all this coverage again. But it just made me chuckle, um, you know, because we get all the... I remember a couple years ago, we were like laying in bed or something, and I was reading some stupid news article, and they were talking about, you know... uh, planet that could sustain life or it was like earth 2.0 they're talking about and it was like this planet that was supposedly um around alpha centauri which is the nearest you know star to uh, our sun and i was like "Eh, okay well where is alpha centauri and they're like you know they talk about it's like seven light years away or something like that i'm like okay well how far is a light year and you're looking and you basically come to that like 
this planet that they supposedly saw, which is Earth 2.0, is 29 trillion miles away. And I was like, Mm-mm. okay, so they, you're telling me the Hubble just snapped a picture of a planet 29 trillion light years away? But you read it, and everybody just, okay, they just take it as gospel, right? If an yeah. astronomer says it, it's true. And this sort of led me down the path of something I want to talk about for months. And I think about it all the time, this myth of experts. I hate hearing people called experts because sort of in the same vein as that doctor who gave us the COVID briefing, you know, everyone on, you know, the base, like that's a COVID expert. They're a doctor. No, no, that's a women's general practitioner. Certainly a very smart woman, but like, not a virologist, not an epidemiologist. She practices general medicine. Who's to say she knows more about the COVID vaccine than you, Mm -hmm. who's an intelligent uh, structural engineer? I mean, sure, she might have studied a vaccine course or something like that in college, but she was a general practitioner. But, you know, they tell you it's a doctor. Okay, the doctor is the expert. You believe what they say. And I'm like, why, dude? Just we see this on the news all the time, right? Like everyone, this is our Middle Eastern, you know, expert. And they come on stupid CNN and you're like, okay, so the dude served in the army for like eight years and then worked at the CIA. You're like, and he's supposed to be an expert on the Middle East. Give me a freaking break. So I hate that. There are experts out there. Sure. You could probably say LeBron James is a basketball expert. Sure, I'll take that. <laughs> um, but the idea, you know, that everyone's just an expert. So this astronomy thing had me laughing. <laughs> We're supposed to be like, oh, there's a planet 29 trillion miles away from us, but we don't know if there's a planet in our back door. I don't know. It's just weird. People just believe everything. Yeah. And we don't, don't want to go down the when it comes, I know, the deep wanna... dark rabbit hole of what being Nikki believe, but <laughs> we're creationists. We believe the existence is what the Bible says it is, and we're perfectly okay being kooks and crazy people um, about that. And again, we're going to touch on that here in a minute. But um, I was telling Nikki this story because we were sitting in class one day, and they were going through this video, and. Uh, I was watching it. We'll try to play it oh, on here. Um, we'll just play it as I'm talking. And it was this video that they were showing. And our main reason for watching it was trying to pick out different little things. You know, how um, how much detail could you pick out of this video as you're watching it? And, you know, so they're showing this video here. And you'll see it, it goes, starts with this lady laying on the ground. And it zooms all the way out. And it goes all the way into space. And then it shows you a picture of the entire universe. Right. And then it zooms all the way in through her eyeball down into like the atomic level of her cells. And then they show the video and they're like, so what did you think of that? And that's what they ask us. And of course, whenever you see this, and this is why it upsets me because everyone goes around and they're like, Oh, I feel so small. And I feel so insignificant when I see that we're just this stupid tiny little speck of dust in the universe and they're all going around like that and then they got to me and they're like what do you think of it i was like propaganda and they're like what explain that i was like 
I was like, we don't know what the universe looks like. I was like, but when they attached a picture of the universe that we have no idea what it looks like, and then they show you a picture of a cell that we do know what it looks like, you go, ah, well, the cell is true. Therefore, the earlier part universe must be true. I was like, that's just propaganda. And they're like, oh, we know what it looks like. <laughs> I was like, no, we don't. And then I saw this story and I was like, oh, so we know what the whole universe looks like, but we don't know if there's a gigantic planet in our own solar system. So it just made me chuckle. Again, we're not trying to like uh, poo poo on anybody's beliefs here. But uh, what I see this, it's just, I don't know. I'm just like, this is definitely pushing an agenda. And I just, when I see it, I think, well, where's God? Because what, what astronaut was it that went up in space and said that I see no God up here? Yeah. Um, we'll have this video up on our Discord. You guys can go check it out, watch the whole thing. But, I mean, it's a cool video, I guess, to see. But I just think it's pretty funny. And this kind of ties in with the whole idea of, like, experts. And, you know, because you can have a, what I don't know, what a cellular biologist, I don't know what the job is that... You know, we can see atoms and those sorts of things with microscopes yeah. and stuff like that now. So you tie that together and you're like, well, we know what a cell looks like. Here's the universe. And you're like, wow, yeah. ah, this is all, it's crazy. So that sort of ties in with the final story that we weren't even going to talk about. But Nikki happened to be watching this video when we were at our boys' soccer practice. <laughs> it's called, maybe you guys have heard of it, the dead internet theory. Uh, and we were watching it and I was like, that sounds like everything I've been thinking about. <laughs> you know, we talk a lot in this show about, we live in a world of propaganda. We live in a world of fake news. You know, even these stories we read after you watch the dead internet theory, you're like, why did we talk about those at all? I know. Like, <laughs> so if you're unfamiliar with the dead internet theory, um, I'll try to sum it up as best I can. And we'll have that again linked on the Discord. You can go check that out. All these stories will, of course, be in the show notes. But um, it's basically that like the internet is not the same internet that it was when it was first created. Yeah, it was completely free speech. Yeah, it was free. It was a place for people to share ideas. No censorship at all. No censorship. It was the Wild West. And that is not, you know, the internet that we have today is incredibly restrictive it's an algorithm was the whole thing like yeah they made a really good points and i mean obviously the internet's basically owned by two or three companies really mm-hmm. you know i think we watched the show called the creepy line um on netflix when we still had it and it was a documentary talking about google and google in this country shut down the entire internet for 45 minutes one company just decided you get no more internet now. Close the entire internet down. Like, they literally, they own the internet. If you can shut it off, you own it, basically. Yeah. Um, like, Google, Facebook, um, you know, Twitter and stuff. Like, they own the internet. They own news. Um, and that was kind of what this was getting to, is that it is not a free internet anymore. Mm-hmm. Like she said, everything is driven by algorithms. And one of the points that they made on there that really jumped out to me is they said, what was it, 2019? In 2019, I think they said 61% of all like traffic and news or something on the internet was put out by bots. 
So over mm. half of the news yeah. and like comments, like basically half of internet traffic and news and stuff was bots. Not even real people. Mm-hmm. Like, That's so all crazy. the stuff that like you're on Twitter arguing with somebody, it's not even a real person. And it's all driven because we've become the commodity. You know, these companies like Google and YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, they basically turned human beings in our lives into commodities that they just sell to advertisers and mm-hmm. yeah and they internet. just put out articles just to get an emotional response just for something like it'll be something that makes you excited or angry i think those are like the two um the top two emotions they try to to get out of people because that's what keeps you on. That's what keeps you online. So if you're online, you're going to see more ads. You're going to, will just keep you sucked in. That's what they want. Yeah. So like our entire life is being, um, you know, dictated by algorithm, which we obviously know that's nothing necessarily new to us, but to the level. And something I always hear that really irritates me is, you know, people that I'll talk about, you know, well, I'm conservative or I'm liberal. And then you'll have like the one or two people in the room and they're like, well, you know, I always try to read both sides of the argument, you know, so I'm informed. You're like, if you haven't formed an opinion about these issues yet, then I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah. It's like the guy that's like, no, I'm, I'm above it all. I try to read stay abreast of all sides. I don't think there's anything new to discuss about it. But even that, that's an algorithm. They know that you're that kind of person. Like you're not outsmarting the algorithm, Um, but it's really nefarious. And then something else that they made a point on, which don't know if it's true or not, but they talked about this DARPA program called Mm -hmm. LifeLog, where DARPA, um, you know, government agency, and they basically decided they were going to track and keep, you know, keep track of, everything in somebody's life to log it and you know build these algorithms i mean they did every book you read every email you sent every like literally everything that you did they would log it you know through darpa on the internet like you put that info in there yourself is what it meant i guess i don't remember exactly i don't exactly remember how they did it but what they said was that darpa closed this program lifelog in February 4th of 2004, they closed LifeLog. And they were like, ironically, the very same day, Facebook started, which logs your entire life and sells that information to advertisers. And then there was like even a tweet a few years later from DARPA that was like, hey, listen, uh, Facebook is not, you know, an extension of the DARPA LifeLog program. You're like, uh sure sounds like it so super nefarious um but yeah you watch that video and you know again maybe that's part of the algorithm who knows but it definitely explained things really well that we don't live in a world where information is freely passed um everything that you see on the internet everything that's presented to you is you know it's it's an algorithm it's uh it knows what you want, what's going to get your clicks, what's going to get you hot and bothered, make you laugh and giggle. And that's why it's really hard to find real and truthful information, you know, out there. And, um, you know, that's why you get on YouTube and you're like, why does this stupid 
video about people slipping on ice have 47 million views. Exactly. You know, like how come I can't see something about how, uh, yeah. I don't know, dangerous, whatever topic is, is because they don't want you to see it because it's, they'd rather just have you chuckling, you know, being a drone than actually having your, you know, mind expanded or your eyes open to something. Not that like necessarily conspiracy theory topics are like where you should be, but just, I would encourage you to watch it, formulate your own opinions. I'm not saying the dude, everything he says is true. It could be part of the matrix too. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but it was certainly eye opening. It just makes you not want to comment on something. Like if you see a comment that has you upset, you might be like, that's probably a bot. I'm not going to respond. <laughs> well, and they did make a good point on there about like, this is why you can never like convince somebody on Facebook or whatever. Like you're probably arguing with a bot. You know, like they just put a comment out to get you upset. You're arguing with essentially a computer algorithm who mm -hmm. is designed to take a Have stance. Have you ever noticed that like, so if you read an article and there's like thousands of comments, have you ever gone through just to see who comments the most? And I did that a few weeks ago. I just noticed, I'm like, why is this one person commenting so much? They're commenting and like replying in every thread. And I, I thought about it. I was like, is this just, I don't know what word I was thinking of, but part of like the algorithm or the bot. And I'm like, this is not a human being. Like who has the time with, for all these lengthy comments and responses? And I'm like, that was one of the bots. That was not a person because that was way, way too much. I mean, like they said, 60% of the information passed on the internet was bots. And um, this kind of goes back to us while we were kind of talking about being creationists. And we're perfectly comfortable being called fools for believing in the Bible. But you can't believe what you read and see with your eyes um, anymore. You know, talking about here's a picture of the universe and you're supposed to just swallow it and accept it as truth. And you're like, man wouldn't lie to us, but God wouldn't. So for me and Nikki, and we would encourage you, like, I mean, you better get to know your Bible, um, especially as we move into a world where deep fakes are becoming a thing, you know, it's not going to be too long where you're not going to be able to tell if the person on the other end of the TV screen is actually a person or if it's just a computer generated image of a person. Well, I always wonder about all this, you know, the whole Planet Nine thing. I don't know if Dr. Fauci is a real person. Oh, gosh. Well, anyway. He's just an algorithm. All of us crazy unvaccinated people are going to get sent off to this planet. I just don't know why the focus of another planet, another Earth that, you know, you could go to and live on. Like, what's the point? What's the goal? Why do they keep talking about it? I remember what's years ago. What's the fake story that's going to come out? <laughs> Elon Musk, you know, when he was like, I'm going to launch a ship to Mars. I remember the reason he said he was going to do that is he thought AI was going to destroy the planet. Which I wholeheartedly agree. Um, AI is going to be worshipped um, once that comes out. And it's just going to be uh, an ugly situation. So please go check that out. I think you guys will find it fascinating. Um, you need to grab firmly or grab a firm hold of your Bible and stick to it. And mm -hmm. I would say hey, believe be that fooled. above all. Um, yeah. Even when the whole world tells you you're wrong, tells you. Um, shows you pictures, shows you videos, mm -hmm. shows you articles. 
I don't know that you can trust it anymore. I mean, you got to use your own judgment, but um, as for us in our house, uh, we will trust the Lord. Um, that's going to be our stance. We'll be uh, perfectly happy mm-hmm. being called fools and idiots. Um, yeah, when things are going on in the media, like, say, a fake alien invasion. Remember when people believed that, what's that story that was just being read on the radio? And people yeah, world, thought... Uh, world or War of the Worlds. Yeah, and people thought that was really happening. And I'm just thinking, Now we can oh just do it with gosh. technology. Like, I think there's going to be stuff like that happening. Because why all this talk of Yeah, I mean, kind of like we and... shot a movie in the 1960s of us landing on the moon. <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, that's nothing like that. Um, that really happened in 1960s. But anyway, and, uh, my point, <laughs> what does the Bible say? Those things can't be possible if you hold to what the Bible already says. It's, those things are going to be lies. Yeah, so... People aren't going to be sent away or moving to another planet. Just the Bible consider doesn't back it. that up. Um, go give the video a watch. It's certainly an interesting listen. Um, we are going to have another episode coming out probably tomorrow because we want to get the Mars Hill review out quickly before you know the next episode may or may not come out we don't want to linger on this so yeah um that episode was good uh in a bad way but (laughs) that makes it good (laughs) yeah so stick around watch that and then we'll of course be back on wednesday if there is another mars hill episode we'll try to get that out if not we will do our best to bring you something engaging so uh you have any last words on this before we close it out um nope can't think of anything all right just uh man yeah watch that video um you know you obviously can't be ignorant of the world or close yourself off entirely from it but um just yeah be aware of what you're being fed um get off social media that's why we have the discord channel please come join us there got to get off social media that is the number one culprit for um I would say hatred and division mm-hmm. in this world. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, just get in your Bibles and um, cling to that word. So that is all we got for you guys today. We will see you again tomorrow, probably. And then on Wednesday, God bless. Mm-hmm.